0: Hi there. I've brought along some different music today. It's a nod to our guest, who will be joining us in a moment, from France. He, too, has a unique inside story to share, kind of a before-and-after snapshot of how his life changed during this global pandemic. So please, take your assigned seat. A reminder to please turn the ringer off on your cellular phone, as today's sold-out performance will begin shortly. Today on Inside Stories, I'm pleased to be joined by maestro Kent Nagano, the music director of the Orchestre Symphonique de Montréal, the Montreal Symphony Orchestra, a position he's held since 2006, Maestro Nagano is also the General Music Director of the Hamburg State Opera and Chief Conductor of the Hamburg Philharmonic State Orchestra. Maestro joins us from Paris today. Maestro, how are things in Paris?
1: Well, uh, just as we speak, the sun has poked through um, what used to be a rainy morning, so it's um, it's beautiful outside, springtime and uh, fresh air, the sun is shining.
0: I'm curious, everyone's lives have changed so dramatically. Uh, what was a typical day like for you before everyone was asked to, to self-isolate?
1: Like uh, most musicians that I know, we rely so much upon a, a discipline of practicing and studying that uh, the, the normal rhythm, I would say, of a, of a more traditional job, it really doesn't apply. We're sort of on call all of the time. So a typical day would be from 5 until 8.30 in the morning. That's the time that I would reserve for studying, for reading, for practicing, because the telephone inevitably starts to ring at 8.30. First rehearsal would be at 10 o'clock, usually, usually going until uh, 12.30. Then would be a series of meetings that would happen, administrative meetings. Second rehearsal at 2 p.m. going until around four thirty, five o'clock. Uh, more administrative meetings, a number of um, of uh, uh, usual usually obligations having to do with music director would come in. Be be it um, uh, interaction with the government, interaction with sponsors, uh, trying to um, uh, have uh, community outreach ac- activities uh, stretching into the evenings, usually around ten o'clock at
0: night. That is an incredibly busy day. I mean, I I can't even imagine what it's like on nights when you're conducting as well.
1: Well, usually four days out of the seven, there will be a performance in the evening. And depending on what the performance is, typically they would start at around eight o'clock in the evening, finishing around 11 o'clock at night, followed by some sort of social responsibilities going into one, one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. Um, or if it's an opera, in Hamburg, for example, um, very often the opera would begin at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and go on towards uh, 11 o'clock at night. So uh, I don't want to sound particularly exceptional. Most most of the people whom I know, uh, it's kind of a typical uh, schedule, seven days a week and no vacations, of course. So it just goes uh, straight through the year. So you can imagine what a radical difference it is uh, being under home confinement, uh, sheltering at home, and having absolutely no planned schedule. Because what I forgot to mention is that, again, it's rather typical in our business to have our calendars fairly well sketched out for the next five years. So if you were to ask me typically what I would be doing June 23rd, Two years from now, I could tell you exactly what I was going to be doing. But now, yes, all of, all of this is, uh, doesn't exist anymore.
0: Believe me, you're, you're a far busier person than I am. But I'm curious now how you, how you made that transition and, and what it's like for you now to suddenly have so many of those things just simply fall away.
1: Well, it should be said that the transition was not voluntary. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely uh, imposed. Uh, and very very quickly, and I must say that Paris has been like like the country of france rather hit hardly it 's been um it's been a tragic situation here socially for the community for the city um, the infection rate here the death rate has been colossal it really is a is a situation that affects all of us, so it 's something that uh is a universal challenge that we're going
0: through. Maestro, I understand that the timing of the shutdown worked out fortuitously so that you were together with your family in Paris. Could you explain, please, how that happened?
1: In our case, we were extremely fortunate just by chance, by coincidence. Uh, My daughter, who is a senior at Yale University finishing up her final semester, just happened to be home on her spring academic break visiting Paris. My wife, who was meant to be on a solo piano tour with an orchestra in Asia, uh, because of the beginnings of the coronavirus, the international tour was canceled for her. So she decided to come home to Paris and spend some time with our daughter. And when my concert week was canceled in Vienna, Uh, the easiest place for me to go was to fly home to Paris. So the three of us in our family, um, all three of us were together and locked down together. And for us, while being very sensitive to the uh, tragic situations around us, we also feel like it's kind of a blessing for us because we've had this quality family time And we like to joke uh, when we say that we've actually communicated with one another (laughs) rather than than just sort of in our busy schedules, uh, exchanging uh, pleasantries or communicating on a superficial level. When, as everyone knows, when you're really confined to a a limited space and you're not allowed to go out of uh, your dwelling, um, you, you are obligated to communicate with each other, to deal with things in a much deeper um, uh, level and um, many families that I know never get that really, not after the parents and the child or children have gone into the workforce. It sort of sort of changes. So uh, we've had this blessing of, of having this time together. Also the exceptional good fortune that we're in good health. Uh, we haven't gotten sick. Um, and uh, maybe as a as a surprise, we found out that we actually like each other, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is really good news.
0: <laughs> That's wonderful. I mean, it, it's true. We we have such busy lives these days that uh, that luxury of of time, even though this is the most unfortunate of circumstances to have it imposed upon us, but to be able to have just simply time together is is something that's a commodity that's not really available in in, in much of our lives.
1: Yes, and that does have a number of um, uh, add-on results that come out of having time. Uh, For example, uh, all of us with busy schedules, we're prone to eating eating, uh, irregularly, perhaps consuming much too much uh, processed foods or fast foods or snacks. just just as one example. So to actually um, uh, return to a routine which we really haven't had since our daughter was an was a infant where there were uh, three fixed meals a day and each one of them homemade um, and zero consumption of fast foods and uh, real care uh, goes into choosing the ingredients. I mean, this must have some sort of health benefit I would think and um, just small uh, factors like that, that are a result of really this uh, a higher quality of interaction uh, as a family unit. Um, we, we found uh, not only refreshing, but actually we're feeling that we've, we've been missing this for the past few years. So yes, it's, um, it's a huge challenge for us to deal with this. We're all very, Very worried, very anxious about some sort of vaccine progress and a vaccine being made. Uh, Yes, we do follow uh, the infection rates regularly to see whether or not there's a sign of a of a peaking or a or a reduction of um, of the danger. Uh, So we're we're very sensitive to what's going on around us. But on the other side, we are also sensitive to the fact that as a uh, as a quality of life issue. It doesn't only have to do with how much you consume or um, how much time you spend socializing. We've uh, we've been able to tap into a completely uh, different, rich uh, aspect of quality of life.
0: I'm sure it's too early to predict, but do you expect that this may have a di- make a difference to how you go about your lives once the pandemic is over?
1: Uh, You never know, I mean, we we human beings are creatures of habit. Um, It's difficult to say. I can say that for us, in our family, all three of us are musicians. And when I speak to my colleagues from time to time in the orchestras with whom I work, we all share a sense of terrific loss and longing for sharing music with one another, live music, because live music is different from recorded music or streaming music or somehow music that you listen to through electronically transmitted uh, signals over a loudspeaker. It's just just different. Um, All of us miss this um, uh, terribly and sharing it with uh, not only between ourselves but uh, with a public, because an orchestra's public, for example, or even a chamber music public, it is like a family in that you share common values. You're exchanging a communication, not necessarily verbal communication, but uh, uh, a communication of humanism or um, human values that takes place during a concert and and. The one thing that I'm keenly aware of is that's something that we all miss, public as well, many. When I've had a chance to speak to uh, some of our public members, we we all miss this together. And I think when we eventually can go back to performing, I, I can't imagine that we won't savor that moment. as something really special.
0: I'm sure we'll all savor that moment when it happens, but certainly you and your colleagues especially Maestro, what else is there that you truly miss right now?
1: This is maybe the thing that I miss the most. I, um, I uh, derive quite a bit of inspiration uh, from being out alone in nature. Usually I just go out and spend hours and hours walking around, hiking. Uh, it's a great way for me personally to um, uh, open up my mind, uh, uh, trigger some creative creativity, Uh, I don't know, the fresh air and the nature brings automatically inspiration with it for me. So um, we are fortunate enough in that we overlook the Bois de Bologna uh, here in Paris, so I can kind of vicariously look look out over over the forest. But uh, here it is police control lockdown, so we're really not allowed to go into the woods. Uh, uh, We can perhaps stroll along the outskirts of the woods for for an hour a day, but um, even that's sort of under police control. Uh, what I really miss is the freedom simply to start walking and not particularly have an end in mind, just to be completely free.
0: It's interesting when you were talking about missing live music and and these live performances that are so much a part of your everyday, everyday life. Um, I found it quite interesting to watch on social media and to see the spontaneous performances that would take place from amateurs to professionals off their balconies for their neighbors, for their neighborhoods. Um, I'm I'm sure you've been watching some of these as well. I'm curious what what your reaction was when you saw that becoming sort of a, a phenomena.
1: Well, it's joyous. You know, you really cannot beat the human spirit down and you cannot somehow limit an artist's creativity. You can always try to do that, but um, by nature, musicians are wonderfully creative. Uh, Their imaginations, they don't, doesn't stop just because uh, you're under um, shelter at home restrictions. Uh, We as as human beings, uh, the part of being alive is sharing that vitality with us. And yes, in here in our neighborhood, uh, there's um, a, an entire apartment building two blocks away that once a day at eight o'clock at night, they open up all of the windows of all of the stories, all of the apartments in the entire building. They they open up their windows. They turn on the, the most horrible 1970s rock music that you can think of, and they all sing along and... <laughs> Uh, you know the other apartment buildings nearby it's infectious they can't they can't help but joining in you know with these really syrupy 70s uh, pop songs <laughs> and it's it's uh it's not because of the quality of the music it's not because of the quality of the singing Um, it's just the act of doing something together and so of course for me it was a uh, it was heartwarming to see that uh, uplifting, really a lot of fun.
0: You know, uh, when I was when I was younger, I I used to sell high end audio equipment, and I particularly liked you know wonderful classical recordings that sounded great on my sound system. And I'll I'll be a little embarrassed telling you this story, but I would I would often play you know sort of popular classical music at volume, and basically find myself conducting as I walked around my apartment. And I would feel this joy from from feeling somehow as though I was interacting with this recording. So I can't even imagine what it must be like for you to be in front of the world's top musicians and hearing that music and, and being in charge of it. How how would you describe what that what that feeling is like, particularly during a an especially stirring moment of, of music?
1: when you're performing, be it as a conductor or as, a, uh, as a, a member of an orchestra or in a large choir, you're actually, uh, yes, you're listening to the past and, and that you're evalu- evaluating what you've just uh, performed. Is gee, is that the right note? I mean, it, it, split second, of course, you're, you're uh, controlling what it is you've just performed in the past, but you're living very, very much in the present and you're anticipating because you can already hear the future. You know what the next note is supposed to sound like. You know what the next uh, 30 minutes are supposed to sound like. So as a as a conductor in the position of responsibility, to take the responsibility to lead a performance, um, the level of concentration which is required uh, doesn't really permit um, the kind of self-abandoned um, um, ecstasy, I suppose, that, uh, that you can have when you're listening to a marvelous uh, recording. Uh, and, I've, of course, I felt that too, some of the, some of the great historical performances. I, I just wonder what it must have been like to have been there uh, while that performance was taking place. But live performances is something different.
0: This sound means that we're coming to our final little round of uh, of our chat. I'm gonna ask you a few quick questions and hopefully get a few quick answers. So number one, if you had to choose a second career, what would it be?
1: Probably uh, somewhere involved with the diplomatic corps. It was a great interest I had uh, as a student. I took a lot of uh, academic courses towards that direction. I still feel, especially with the metaphorically closing of the world today, it's getting tighter and closer and closer. Um, The diplomatic corps is is really uh, essential towards our communicating with one another.
0: What orchestra would you like to conduct, given the opportunity?
1: Of course, the OSM. There's no question about that. And the Hamburg (laughs) Philharmonic, naturally.
0: What is the one thing the maestro would really like to do now that isolation prevents him from doing?
1: Going for a walk in the woods without police control.
0: Maestro Kent Nagano, thank you so much for sharing your inside story today.
1: Thank you very much.
0: That music we're listening to right now, maestro Kent Nagano is at the helm, conducting this performance of the Orchestre Symphonique de Montréal from the 2014 recording Beethoven, Symphonies Numbers 1 and 7. I've heard a number of people mention just how much they miss live music, and I do too, almost, almost as much as I miss just being around other people. But we did share part of today. I know I enjoyed your company, and I hope you enjoyed mine. I'm Scott Simmey, with a shout-out to BMO for presenting this podcast. If you're enjoying this, please subscribe. We have plenty of other inside stories coming your way.
1: The views expressed here are those of the participants, and not those of Bank of Montreal, its affiliates,
0: or subsidiaries.